replied to it and he was like, oh, I'm down for a date as long as I can go on your podcast for a blatant review. And I was like, oh my God, like that's literally the best response I could have gotten. So like literally perfect for me. Welcome back to the On The Rocks podcast. We are already starting off with chaotic energy today. It's going to be a really good episode. And I'm really looking forward to having this guest on because, little backstory, I was introduced to Alex, our guest today, from a random podcaster in Tennessee who interviewed her prior. We we go to the same college. We were in one of the same organizations. We have the same interests. We both have podcasts. And I have been her biggest internet fan for quite some time now. So this is a big one. Everyone welcome, Alex Piscatelli. Yes. And the crowd goes wild. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I love that intro. <laughs> Oh my God, set that as your voicemail on your phone. And then people will be like, wow, that's like an introduction. It's going to have to be a thing. I think so too. Well, welcome to the podcast. I'm so excited to have you. I guess the listeners need to know who you are, right? Yeah. So give us a little bit of a background and something I'm trying to do with my podcast in 2021. Do you remember, most people say they don't remember this, but when I was in middle school, high school, boys would text me and be like, what's your ASL, like your age, sex, location, like constantly. I don't know if you remember this. I remember this from I was like huge on the AOL kids chat rooms. (laughs) People would definitely say ASL on there. And I'm like, ew, like, were you all really under 13? Because like, I don't know about that. But (laughs) I mean... (laughs) Right. So on the rocks, we've made our own cringy, you know, reformation of this. And it's age, zodiac sign, and location. Ooh, I love that. Yes. Okay. Well, my name is Alex Piscatelli, as uh, you know by now. Um, And let's see, age, I'm 24, which is like weird. Like, that's such a weird age to me. Like, I like even numbers, which is good. But like, it just feels weird to say 24. Um, I'm probably explaining it too much because I'm like, what else do I say about myself? But <laughs> my Z zodiac sign. Okay, here's the thing. I'm technically a Taurus, but I am on the cusp of Taurus Gemini. So like, I've always identified as a Gemini. Then I found out my moon and my rising, which feels important to say. So I'm a Gemini moon and a Leo rising. Um, and then location, sunny mm-hmm. San Diego. <laughs> mm. Oh, my God. Okay. <laughs> it's a lot. I Like, once I feel like the Taurus quality is, like, I'm definitely lazy, definitely stubborn, like, definitely love my cozy, like, sweatshirts and all that. But otherwise, like, definitely full Gemini, I would say. <laughs> and you're a Leo rising? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> okay. So rising, I've I've just recently gotten into astrology because of astrology TikTok. That is the only, you know, education I've had on the subject. But rising is how you present to the world. Mm-hmm. So you are probably more of like a Leo, like your big personality, mm-hmm. all of the things. Correct. And I'm yeah. a Leo, so I identify with that. Oh my God, yes. I love wait, what's your moon and rising? So Leo Sun, Cancer Moon. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and I've recently realized that's bad. I like did not know. Um, it's not bad. It's Taylor Swift's moon sign. So that's good. Oh, that's good. oh that is good. And then I'm an, an Aries rising. 
I see this. I see all of this. I mean, I don't know. I don't know your moon set. I don't know that side of you yet because that's like <laughs> the deep, you know, yeah. deep cut. But like, I see the Aries moon or Aries rising for you. <laughs> okay, but I don't know anything about Aries, so I'm like. What does this even mean? I feel like they're like ambitious and like intense, but in a good way. Like not like Scorpio, like dark Mm. intense. They're like, like, like fiery intense. I feel like. Which we love. (laughs) We love it. So I want to get into a lot of different things. But before we get into that, we have to like get through the favorite cocktail because on the rocks, (laughs) I'm learning about cocktails. I'm only 22. So I'm still like in my like learning phase. I only really drink hard kombucha. It's like a (laughs) personality flaw. What is your favorite cocktail? Yes. Well, if I'm going to like a bar, which obviously hasn't happened since like February, but if I'm going to a bar, I'll usually do a vodka soda. Like that's my go-to. I feel like it's light. It makes me drunk. Like it's not too – like I can drink vodka like and not cringe. Like that's that's the sweet spot for me. No, it's mine too. Oh, that and like vodka waters. Like I'll have the mm-hmm. first vodka soda and then I don't taste anything anymore. So it's vodka waters because they're cheaper. <laughs> yes, I love that. I know. And I feel so like sophisticated if I have a vodka water. I know. Okay. So where did you used to go out in San Diego when you went out? I'm curious. So uh, I would say like obviously in college, I was all about PB. Like when I first turned 21 through probably like, I'll just say like, late 22 so like maybe let's give it a good like year and three fourths um I love to be in PB like my favorite and still my favorite in PB is Ale House I think they play the best music I love their rooftop bar um but if I were to say there was no pandemic right now and I were to go out I'd probably want to go to like a North Park or maybe a University Heights type vibe yeah for a while it was like PB all day Shore Club was my place (laughs) Now, I don't think I would enjoy that. Mm-hmm. Um, so I would say a North Park vibe because I've become more into beer. Totally. Like I like it more. Um, and downtown isn't bad either. Mm-hmm. I like I downtown too. I just hate paying a cover. Like I hate having to do that. And I feel like downtown is a lot of that. I just like – I'm like yeah. I'd have just as much fun being in like a pizza hut. Like I feel like I don't want to pay a cover, you know? Like I can have fun anywhere. Yeah. <laughs> I used to go to the bars like before 10 p.m., mm-hmm. get my cover stamp. Like, I mean, get like a, you know, entry stamp in uh-huh. and then like leave and go somewhere like chill and then come back so I wouldn't have to pay cover. <laughs> yes. I love that. Like I was <laughs> literally insane and I had a plan at 21 years old. I was like, I'm not paying cover. Like, I don't know who you think I am. Like, I am going – like, no. It was – yeah. <laughs> yes. That is the strategy, honestly. I feel it. <laughs> I am so curious to know more about your journey uh, because we've had like a similar one, but both going to SDSU, some some clubs, like same things that we're kind of interested in. And we both have a podcast. Mm -hmm. I want to know more about like your first podcast, the podcast you're doing now. Mm -hmm. So tell us about what you do, girl. When I started at SDSU, which was my freshman year right after high school, like I was researching clubs that summer when I was starting SDSU. And I was like, yep, KCR College Radio, like that's the one I want to be a part of. Um, So I joined it like literal the first day of school. Um, I started off having a show. I was like randomly selected to be with a co-host. His name's Joan. We're still good friends to this day. Like was obsessed with him and like our show and our dynamic. Um, so I just like knew I had a love for radio and knew I had a love for like listening to stuff in an audio format. Um, and 
I mean, back in 2014, like podcasts were not what they were now. Like I listened and I still listen. He's still like my favorite podcaster. Um, his name's Rob. Rob has a podcast is his podcast and he talks about survivor and like big brother and reality shows. So that was like, I know. And so like, that was what got me into listening to podcasts. And I remember I actually tried to bring podcasts to KCR, but at the time, um, that was kind of turned down. (laughs) So I'm glad KCR has podcasts now, but I decided to start on my own a podcast um, with two of my friends and it was called Swiped Right. And we would be in the media center at the library and bring in just random guests that we swiped right on on Tinder and just like interview them and talk to them. So that was my first ever podcast. And it's like that idea, we came up with that. That must have been early 2016. And I'm just like, we should have just kept going with that because that's something that could have like gone big, I feel like, if we really stuck to oh, it. Oh, big. Like, that's an insane <laughs> concept. Literally. And I'm so mad it didn't continue. But like, we just all got busy, some more than others, but we all kind of got busy. And then... um So my senior year of college, I decided to start a podcast on my own. And this one was called I Have a Lot of Questions. And I would just bring on guests and ask them questions, basically. Like I had like the SDSU, the koala, that paper. Like I had someone who was a writer for it on. Like I had people to talk about dating. Like I I don't even remember what else I had. But I just did a variety of subjects. It was all over the place. So then I stopped Mm -hmm. to that one, just got busy, whatever. So then I graduated college in 2018. I moved to LA. Um, I was working a job up there and I was just like so like bored and like the the transition from call or yeah from college to like working full time or just working in general or just not having school in general is such a weird transition so i needed something else yeah so i needed something else to do with my time so i started my podcast dating or at least trying and i still have that one to this day and that one's about dating so like i'll interview random guests that whether it's about their dating life or like i'll set people up on dates on the podcast or like i interviewed a guy who ghosted me once and like i had my boyfriend after our first date on it and stuff like that so i have all kinds of stuff uh on dating or at least trying and then i also recently started a podcast like what two months ago called what a week and i host it with my co-host emily who was part of the daily aztec which was the sdsu's newspaper uh she her and i met through there um and yeah now we have a podcast and we talk about kind of internet culture and pop culture stories and what's going on in the news Woo, that was like a long explanation <laughs> i feel like i just explored my whole life <laughs> You had your boyfriend now mm-hmm. on your podcast after your first date. <laughs> Can you please tell me more about it? I listened to the episode, but like <laughs> give me the like w- co- like context yeah. there. And like yeah. So yeah. he was someone he is was part of the Daily Aztec also, but he transferred mm-hmm. into SDSU. So he started SDSU right after I graduated. Um, so we were like, like we followed each other on like Twitter and on Instagram, but like, and we met once at like a mutual friends get together, but we didn't know each other. So like, I just remember Mm -hmm. I like constantly tried to like reply to his Instagram stories and like make a conversation. Like I was always trying to like get him to talk to me more, but he never did. And then one day I just like had a dream that he and I were in love. And I was like, oh, because like I've had dreams before. Like I think I'm psychic, like genuinely. Like I've had like dreams before that have come true. And so I had that dream and I was like, okay, like I guess I'm going to slide in his DMs. 
So I messaged him and I was like, um, oh my God, what did I say? Oh, I had tweeted about like the dream. So then I sent him the tweet and then I said, this was about you. And so, (laughs) so he replied to it and he was like, oh, I'm down for a date as long as I can go on your podcast for a blatant review. And I was like, oh my God, like that's literally the best response I could have gotten. So yeah, like literally perfect for me. So we went on our first date. It went well, luckily. And then (laughs) we had the podcast and like it was, I was constantly when I, cause I had, I wouldn't say my hoe phase, but I had like a very, like was going on a ton of dates I guess ho phase like for maybe a year and a half before meeting him and I was constantly trying to get different people I went on dates with to go on the podcast no one ever said yes he said yes finally got that episode also found love I guess because of it (laughs) but yeah he's like I don't even know it was like an episode from it was like post date interview it's from like a year ago everyone should go listen (laughs) I listened. I saw you like tweet or like, I don't know, Instagram something about it. And I was like, I need to find this episode. And then I went and listened and I was like, this is the dream. Like, I think this is so funny. And he was very honest. Mm -hmm. Like, he was honest. And it was like, you could tell there was tension. And I was like, this is great. So I just like needed to hear more context. But yeah, I think it's so funny. Like, most guys would be like, what the fuck? Like, I'm not going on your fucking podcast. I'm not doing that. I know the amount of rejections to be on a podcast I've gotten before that was like literally I only the guy who ghosted me was the only one who was also willing to go on the podcast besides my boyfriend. So what has been something that you have like learned from your like dating podcast? Because I want to get into what a week mm-hmm. in a bit. But like your dating podcast is something that really well, you've had like a couple. I mean, you had the first one where you'd bring random men in. <laughs> you've probably learned a lot about like dating and what people like and what they don't like. What has been something that's interesting that you've learned? I think, God, I'm trying to think because it's it's so weird because like I always think like, hey, I like this in a relationship or I like this in dating. Why don't other people like that? And it's true. Like everyone's Mm -hmm. tastes are so like different and everyone wants such different things in a relationship. Like I feel like for a long time and I mean, other people say this too, like in a relationship, maybe they want someone who's very different from them and kind of like an opposites of tract and stuff like that. And like I found in my personal dating, like my boyfriend and I, I mean, we have some differences, of course, like that's what whatever makes the world go round or whatever. But like we have so many things that are so similar, whether it's like our like we're both in media Mm -hmm. for a career or we have like pretty much the exact same stance on stuff that pertains to politics, like literally exact same, like Mm -hmm. neither of us is (laughs) like differing in too many like things. Like obviously people on the same side of the political spectrum, like still disagree on things, but we agree on pretty much everything, but just different things like that. It's Mm -hmm. like, yeah, we have different tastes in maybe music or movies or whatever, but like so many of the things we align on. And I know not everyone likes that, which is so weird. You know what I mean? Like it's just interesting to see what different people desire in relationships that you don't expect. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. I could not – I mean, as we've gotten even into 2020, like, we have so many fundamental things we cannot differ on. Mm -hmm, Like, there's just absolutely no way. I could never imagine, like, a liberal being like, I really want to date a Republican. Like, let's go. (laughs) That would never happen. Exactly. No, I fully agree. And it's just, like, certain things, too, like – 
I, I mean, like, I'm trying to think of a particular issue, like an example. But I mean, okay, let let's do it like this. There's some people that are very, very far left that don't like Biden and didn't want to vote for Biden, perhaps. Like, I can't, I can't agree with that and can't get behind that personally. So it's like it's kind of on both sides in a way. So when you were you've done all these different things mm-hmm. with dating and you talk to different people and it's kind of probably like opened you up a bit more. Like, would you say you became a better dater before you met the mans because of your dating podcast? Oh, yeah, for sure. I think I was more willing to kind of put myself out there more too Um, because I was for a while when I was in LA and I wasn't – I was barely like this before the podcast. Before the podcast and when I was in college, like I would meet people at parties, of course, and like whatever, talk to people here and there. But when I was in LA, I was on all the apps, like looking all the time. Like I would go, I once went on two dates in one day. Like I truly was like always dating. <laughs> I loved a good date and I loved a bad date. Like that's the thing. And like, I think I've always kind of been open to the experience, but I think having the podcast made me more bold in my choices, but like bold in a good way, not bold and like willing to like date anyone, but bold in the sense that like, okay, like I could be interested in this person. Let's give it a shot. I want to go out on a Wednesday night type thing. I completely understand that because I think that's how my evolution has been. Mm -hmm. I used to get nervous at first dates and now I'm like, well, I agree. It's going to be content. (laughs) Exactly. No, I used to be so nervous. Like in college when I, I remember going on a Tinder date, like my senior year of college and I was fully shaking before the date. And like we had texted for like two weeks before the date because I didn't want to agree to it. Like I was so scared. And then like once before me and my boyfriend started dating, like I would go on a date and I'd be like, whatever, like (laughs) it's going to either way, it's going to be fun. Like I know, I know like Anyone else is probably more nervous than I am, so it's chill. I mean, you seem to be very extroverted, at least, I mean, like from what I've seen. Not very, mm-hmm. but maybe. You're extroverted. <laughs> yeah, What totally. was your dating experience like as an extrovert? Because I felt uniquely challenged as being someone who's an extrovert mm-hmm. because I feel like men do not expect you to be, mm-hmm. like, able to keep up with them. Totally. Did you notice that at all? Oh, fully. And honestly, I feel like a lot of men don't like or not maybe don't like, but don't it's it's like you said, are unexpecting like a loud woman as well, because <laughs> not only am I extroverted, I'm loud. Like I'm loud. I like to make a scene like it's maybe that Leo rising. I don't know. But like I yeah, I found a lot of people like. I don't know if they liked it or were intimidated or whatever. But yeah, I think like they were interested in me, but maybe didn't know what to do with it. (laughs) Right? No, I feel like that's how it is. They're like, well, I like you, but like you're a lot. And I'm like, yeah, I am. Like I'm a lot and it's fine. But I've learned, yeah, a lot of men are like, oh, that's that's a lot. I can't do that. Like, sorry, you're cute, but no. (laughs) Exactly. And that's the thing. I'm just like, ew, like I don't want that. And like, I don't want someone who I'd have to compete for attention with either. Like I've always said I wanted someone who was as extroverted as <laughs> as extroverted as I am, but like would let me be the center of attention. Like that was always my thing. And that was so hard to find, I feel like. So hard to find mm-hmm. because, okay, I I really attract introverts because they're like – excited they really like that I'm so extroverted and it pushes them out of their se- their shell mm-hmm. but it makes it difficult because I always have the attention and then I become resentful mm-hmm. so <laughs> then when I have someone who's like super extroverted we're like clashing yeah totally so 
finding that like you know person who's gonna let you shine mm-hmm. but like you will both be the riot of the party totally. together that's the goal oh i fully agree fully like i like that it's like you're both the center of attention together i totally agree with that that was like always my thing and i'm glad i found that <laughs> I know. I'm so glad you found that too because as what, as the same person as you, it's difficult. <laughs> it was really difficult. Like no men are like that, I swear. <laughs> you need to text him after this and be like, hey, just so you know, I love that we both are fucking cool. So yes, exactly. <laughs> okay. So I am so curious also about what a week because I know this is a new thing you're starting. Mm-hmm. You have a co-host and – you discuss a lot of current events, whether that is like you being interested in like Survivor and mm-hmm. all of the like pop culture shows totally. or like recently politics and you did a big thing on politics. Tell me your experience with starting that uh, that podcast. Yeah. So I – so dating or at least trying. I'll start it with this. We took a hiatus. I was just like, I don't know. Like I, it didn't feel right to kind of talk about dating at the moment. Like I, I just didn't have it in me. Mm-hmm. And I was like – Because my eventual goal in life is to be a talk show host and I want to have a like a show where I can deep dive with politicians, activists, public figures and kind of talk about what's relevant to their work and kind of what's going on in the world. Like that's what I want to do eventually. Um, So I wanted to start what a week. And I I came to my friend Emily with this because we had done Daily Aztec before together. We had worked together before, knew we were both very like always want coming up with ideas and wanting to do things. So I approached her about it because she has a huge interest in like entertainment. Like her goal is to be an entertainment producer. My goal is to kind of go more that news and politics route. Um, So we came together and started what a week right now we're, we're kind of in the process right now where we're like, improving upon what we're doing. So we're starting to bring in more guests. Um, Our episode for December 7th, we brought on a trans advocating educator and therapist following the news of Elliot Page, um, the actor who's the star of Juno, who just came out as transgender. So we brought in this um, educator to kind of talk about the impact of public figures coming out on the trans community. So we want to have a lot more conversations like that kind of stuff that's relevant to what's going on, especially on the internet and especially for like that Gen Z and kind of millennial cusp. Cause I'm, I don't know what I am. I'm like on the exact cusp of when like Gen yeah. Z ends and like millennial starts, but we definitely wanted to talk about kind of what's important to our generation and kind of what's important today and on the internet since everything's on the internet. So that's what we're doing with What a Week. And I, I love working on it with Emily. I think it's really interesting because I feel like there's not a lot of us who talk about it. And I've become incredibly interested in it since the last over the last year, since especially the election. I was like, I want to get into this. And I think it's really refreshing to have a Gen Z millennial-ish perspective on it because we were kind of raised to not talk about politics, to not talk about religion, and to not, you know, get into the nitty-gritty. And now we don't know anything. Mm-hmm. And now we're dating Trump supporters by accident. <laughs> And now we don't have any ground or understanding when it comes to what's happening within our local government and our federal government, state governments, whatever it may be. And I think this COVID pandemic, the election and all the things reminded us like, oh, we should care. Mm -hmm. And this should be something we take an active, proactive step in 
And I really appreciate what a week because I think it does, you know, talk about the fun things in life, you know, like the TV shows you're watching or whatever it is. Mm -hmm. But you also get into current events and like politics. So would you say that you were interested in this prior to starting what a week or when did you start gauging your interest in getting more active within, I guess, activism? Totally. I mean, I've always had an interest in politics, but I mean, I'll be honest with you. I was registered as a Republican until like mid 2016. Um, I kind of grew up with um, a family, not not that my family was super into politics, but they would watch their Fox News like they would watch whatever. And so I've always been interested in politics. And 2016 was my first presidential election I got to vote in. So I went to like all the rallies I possibly could go to. Like I went to um, I, I couldn't go to Hillary Clinton's because I think I had school at the time, but I went to Bernie Sanders. I went to Ted Cruz. I went to even the Donald Trump rally just to kind of like see what it was like, even though at that point, like I was no longer I was not like Donald Trump made me not Republican anymore. And now that I like am more aware of issues, I'm definitely no way right leaning at all. Um, but I mean, it. I was just so excited and interested to like use my voice at that time and kind of learn about everything. So I would say like my interest really started then. And I guess this year just, I mean, I had never looked into the props as much as I had this year. This year on What a Week, we did a whole prop, talked about all the 12 California props and like what each one meant, um, a yes and a no vote. And this was my first year really looking at the nitty gritty of everything because I mean, uh, after all the protests were happening in June for Black Lives Matter and we were seeing um, like city council meetings regarding what to do about police budget and everything going on kind of just within San Diego. And we have such a voice like and I don't think I think a lot of times people think politics and they think the presidential election and they think, oh, well, the electoral college, like my vote doesn't count. And especially in California, it counts less than it does in like Wyoming and stuff. And like. I, t- I totally understand that sentiment and it does suck to think about it, um, that your vote really does for the presidential election count less than others because of California and the Electoral College. Um, but like just on a local level and on a state level, we have so much of a say and people aren't always researching like what we're voting on on a state and local level. So then your vote counts even more because you're voting and other people may not be. So it, it's just, it's kind of wild. And like, I had no, I had no idea what like the state, state legislator did, what the assembly, what like st- all that stuff. I had no idea. And this year really opened my eyes to that. And I think, um, I think uh, another reason we really wanted to start what a week is because, I mean, I was a journalism major. I worked in media. Um, and what I don't like about media sometimes, like I'll read like a New York times article or whatever. And I'm like, this is so inaccessible. Like this is so hard to read. And I literally Mm -hmm. majored in this. I work in media and I cannot understand this. So how can the average person who maybe not is not involved in reading the news as much and not involved on Twitter all the time like I am, how are they going to pick up their phone and go to the New York Times and read it? Like, it's not accessible. Um, So I think that's kind of my huge gripe with news. I think it should be easy to read. I think people should use easy terms when talking about it. Like, there's no reason to use, like, vocab from, like, 12th grade. Like, you should always be using, like, easy language to understand. And um, I think that's why we wanted to start What a Week. And, like, reading some of those props and kind of 
explaining them and putting that out for people and seeing kind of the reception towards that. Like people want to learn. I think there's just not always a way and an easy way how. So that's definitely my goal. I love that because I literally used your props with my parents. We sat down. I told you this. I like really took time to research. And like when I was voting, I read everything from one a week. And I appreciated it so much because I think there is so much inaccessibility to what politics is. So I don't want to take too much more of your time up, but I'm really curious to know more about your experience post-grad since SDSU. How is the adult life. Oh, well, here I go. Um, (laughs) I feel like at SDSU, I mean, I loved college. I loved constantly being around people. Like I would be on campus because I worked at KPBS, the PBS and NPR affiliate in San Diego, which was right on campus, which was awesome because I was able to literally be on campus since I'd work, school, clubs, everything from like 8 a.m. till midnight every single day. Like I just, I loved it. I love being around people. I love constantly working on something. Was awesome. So my dream was always in college. I knew I was going to move to LA after graduating. I was like, that's my plan. I want to work in entertainment. Entertainment is my passion, like whatever. I'm very grateful. I was able to get a full-time job after graduating at E! News and I was a part of their social team. Like it was always my dream to be at E! News and then I got it and I was like, cool. Um, But I realized very quickly this wasn't what I wanted to do. And like not to knock... um, e-news at all at all because like obviously that's other people's passions it just wasn't mine but I just felt and obviously there's such a place for entertainment in the world but I just felt like I was not doing enough on a day-to-day I was like this is cool like we're covering entertainment but I feel like I need to be doing more like I feel like I need to be talking about what's like and entertainment is important but like what's actually important if that makes sense like more of the politics and more of the news and that kind of stuff um But honestly, I was still really struggling with what I wanted to do. And I I think the transition, no one talks about this enough, but the transition from working or being at school and then going to work 40 hours a week, you work 40 hours and then you're done. Like what, what else is life? You know, (laughs) it kind of, it's, it's such a weird transition. Um, so I was, I was really struggling to figure out what I want to do. And I did what every, I feel like every person after graduating does. And I was like, I'm going to go to grad school. And so I was at E! News for a while and I fully thought I was going to go to grad school and become a sex therapist, like fully applied for graduate or applied for graduate schools, like was fully dead ass going to do it. I was like, this is my path. Like I, I absolutely love, like I'm super passionate about sex education. Um, and I think that's something like, that's like, I, okay, here's what I think about. Like, Obviously, I did not do that because I was like, you know, I don't need to go to grad school. Like, if this is really my goal, it'll still be my goal in two years. Like, whatever. Yeah. So I've just I'm constantly still trying to toy with what I want to do next. And I know my eventual goal is talk show host, but I'm like, what's the next Mm -hmm. step for me? And I've constantly gone between like, do I want to be a politician? Like, do I literally want to be one of those public figures or do I want to be? (laughs) I'm like. Do I want to like ruin the rest of my life and like have everyone hate me? Exactly. For the greater good. (laughs) 
so that's what I'm playing with right now too. So. Exactly. Anyways, no, and literally it's so true. And I'm like, do I want to do that? Do I want to be a journalist? Do I want to do like, there's just so many different options. And I'm like, everything I want to do all kind of like goes in the same, like it's all kind of like, it makes sense. Like it's like a Venn diagram and I'm in the middle. Like it all makes sense, but I'm just like, nothing really makes sense. <laughs> That makes sense, but nothing does. So I'm just like, I don't know. So I'm I'm constantly still trying to, and I graduated two and a half years ago, and I'm still trying to figure this out. So I guess mm-hmm. um, what I have to say is it's a hard transition, but uh, someone's got to do it. <laughs> we all got to do it. <laughs> when you left SDSU and you started mm-hmm. transitioning and you were like, maybe e-news isn't for me or maybe specifically social media isn't for me. Mm-hmm. What was something that helped you decide kind of like your next step post what you thought was your ultimate goal? Totally. Um, so I was wanting to leave E! News. I was at first like I was applying for different jobs maybe like two months in um, and I ended up being there a little more than a year. But I was looking for different jobs about two months in and I was like, do I want to go into entertainment like blah, blah, blah. But then I just like got to a really dark place like I was not doing well in L.A. And I was like, yeah, I should probably just go home like I'll figure it out. Um, but then I went, I told everyone I was going home to save up for grad school, which was fully my plan for a bit. But so basically I came back home um, I started working a part-time marketing job, which I had up until I was furloughed, like around when quarantine began. Um, And I was just like doing different jobs and trying to figure it out. Um, I was a behavioral technician for autism learning partners. So it's kind of like a therapist type role. So I was seeing if that was like what I wanted to do. Um, And just, I, I I'm just, I was just trying different things. And even right now, I'm still just trying different things. I think I kind of have more of a clear path of what I want to do now, but I'm like, still like, I don't know. I'm just trying to do whatever like speaks to me, if that makes sense. Cause it's like, I'm trying to put less pressure on myself and trying to stop um, like doing things just because I think it'll sound good and just doing things just cause like, and instead trying to do things that feel good for myself, if that makes sense. Yeah. I think it's really interesting. The concept of like wanting to have something speak to you because I am Mm -hmm. the type of person who, I mean, I grew up privileged enough to be like, I can kind of wait a bit and I don't have to take whatever first jumps out of me. Right. Like, and I can decipher what I want to do in that way. And Mm -hmm. that helps me do that. But most people are like, nah, like we got to do whatever works first. Mm Mm-hmm. So, like, what is your viewpoint, I guess, on that and, like, understanding that it takes time to figure out what you really want to do and being okay with that, like, weird space of time that, like, most people would never want to be in? Totally. I think I think what I would fully say to everyone and because this is advice that really helped me is everyone hates their first job. Truly, everyone hates their first job out of college. I only know maybe one person that doesn't um, or didn't. I think we don't really know what we want until we're doing it 40 hours a week. And like, that's our whole life. It feels like in the moment. So I, I think I think what I would tell people is. It's normal to hate your job, but it's not normal to stay in a job you hate, if that makes sense. Like, gosh, I'm like trying to think of advice because like I also need the advice. (laughs) So it's like (laughs) a little hard. (laughs) 
But I mean, honestly, I think it's just um, work really is a social construct and not to like get into that. But like, it's just like you don't need to have a 40 hour job necessarily. Like, I think it's important to tell people that as long as you kind of have a goal in mind and honestly, even if you don't, um, as long as you're able to pay your bills, do kind of what speaks to you in the moment and do what um, will make you happy in the moment. Cause I feel like happiness is way more important than success too. And I think for a while I was struggling with God, if I leave E, like, how's it going to look like this is like a cool job. Like everyone keeps telling me I should love my job, but I was not happy. I was like, honestly, in retrospect, I think I was a little depressed. Like, and that's the thing. It's just like, who cares what society tells you should be cool? Like do what makes you feel good in the moment. Completely. So do you have any, I guess, goals for what your next step looks like? Because I mean, maybe not specifically like exactly what you want to do, but like where do you want to be mentally or maybe even emotionally, which is something I've been focusing on? Like uh, where do you want to be in your next place? Totally. Whatever that is, your job. I think my next – I kind of like listed out what I want in a next job and I think um, being around – a good company culture is really important to me. I think doing something where I have creative freedom is really important to me. Um, I've kind of been toying with the idea. I think I want to leave San Diego in the next two years. (laughs) I think that's something that um, just... I love San Diego. Obviously, I grew up here. Obviously, I came back here. It'll always be home for me, but I think um, I want to try to make the move to New York City soon because like if I want to be a talk show host that's where they all are gotta follow that um I definitely I think right now I'm kind of hoping um I've been freelance writing I'm hoping to write more um so yeah I'm I'm looking for probably my next move (laughs) exclusive I've not said this publicly before but I'm I'm hoping for a writing role of some sort No, I think that's a great goal. And you seem like the person who's going to accomplish whatever is set out for them. So I'm excited to see what you do in your future. And I'm so grateful to have you on the podcast today because it's been so great to finally get to know you after being like internet pen pals. So I love to end the episode off with a lesson, quote, piece of advice, something that you find uh, valuable to you and your growth and your journey and whatever this world is. So do you have anything that you would like to share with us today? Honestly, I'm not the biggest quote person, but like this was the quote that was in I we did like a senior farewell when we graduated from SDSU like for the Daily Aztec. Like I this is the quote that like I always think of when someone says a quote. And I'm going to be annoying right now. It's from Kanye, so I'm sorry in advance to everyone, but it's actually quite a good powerful quote. So, I'll read it right now. So he tweeted this. He said, "Be here now." Be in the moment. The now is the greatest moment of our lives, and it just keeps getting better. The bad parts, the boring parts, the parts with high anxiety. Embrace every moment for its greatness. This is life. This is the greatest movie we will ever see. And I just, that quote really resonates with me. I hate that it's from Kanye, but (laughs) it really resonates with me. Because I'm just like, I think... I think I have a love for life, even when I'm feeling down, even when I'm feeling overwhelmed, even when I'm feeling anxious and whatever. But it's just like life. This is so cool. Like this really is awesome that we just like have the opportunity to like honestly do 
almost whatever we want. I mean, obviously, you can't do everything. <laughs> Some things take money and whatever. But like, we really have an opportunity to kind of embrace the position we're in and kind of make the most of that. And I, I really love that quote because I'm like, even when I'm like struggling with anxiety and struggling with whatever, like I can come back to that. And I'm like, I'm out here living like I'm proud of what I've accomplished. And I, I think I always try to take that with me because sometimes it's easy to look at the negative when it's like, no, look how far you've come. Totally. And if it can come from Kanye and whatever <laughs> state he was in when he wrote that, we're not, we're not sure. You're never really sure with him. Yeah, never sure. But you know it's real. Because, mm-hmm. I mean, I don't think I've really heard that man say anything that I'm like, hmm, there's something <laughs> behind that. Like, I see you a little bit. Maybe not fully, <laughs> but a little bit. Exactly. And I completely resonate with that because I've recently discovered, I think during this pandemic mm-hmm. especially, that like life is so – precious Mm -hmm. and so cool. And I also struggle with anxiety and I struggle with all of these things that have made me really question, you know, my place and my perspective. Mm -hmm. And it's really amazing to know that like, if anything, I get to have this and I get to have now. And if I don't take advantage of that, Mm -hmm. then I'm wasting, you know, my own precious moments. It's so weird that we Mm -hmm. can think so critically about a Kanye quote. I can't. (laughs) I know. I know it was probably not meant to be analyzed in this way, but I'm like, you know, I like it. Like, this is one thing I will take with me. (laughs) Well, that's amazing. And thank you for sharing. Thank you for coming on. And I'm sure all of my listeners are going to be as obsessed with Alex Piscatelli as I am. So I'm excited to share (laughs) you with my side of the internet. Yes, you have to come on dating or at least trying to, by the way. (laughs) Yes, I am so down. You have no idea. Uh, let's make sure the audience knows where they can find you. So please shout out all of your socials. Yes, you can find me. Um, honestly, I'm on a Instagram hiatus, but I am on Instagram and Twitter at Alex Piscatelli. Um, I love I love Twitter especially. So follow me on there. Um, my podcast, Dating or At Least Trying, is on Instagram at Dating or At Least Trying. What a Week is on Instagram at What a Week Show. All right, everyone, that wraps up today's episode with Alex Piscatelli. I'm so grateful to have had her on the podcast and for us to have finally met uh, virtually. But it's really interesting to see the similarities between the two of us. And I think, you know, having that chaotic, fun energy on the podcast is so necessary sometimes. So I'm so grateful to have had her on and to have learned more about her experience uh, dating while being a podcast host and her new podcast and everything that she is working on uh, when it comes to her career. And I want to make sure you guys know uh, where you can find me as well. So if you guys are interested in keeping up with me on the rocks, uh, you can check out the Instagram on the rocks.pod. I'm on Instagram at that's V rock. It's a new like handle. We love that for me. And uh, let's think anything else, Facebook, Twitter, you just kind of have to search Uh, and I'm around. But yeah, so that is the end of today's episode. And I also, before I go, want to thank you all for being so supportive of me pivoting my podcast to being more of a dating relationship realm. I think I've finally found my niche, niche, whatever you want to call it. And I'm excited to see what happens with the podcast. So make sure you guys stay tuned. Like I said, follow the socials and subscribe on iTunes and Spotify. Leave a review. Do all of the podcast things that every podcaster tells you to do because we have to tell you to do it. And that's all from me. I will catch you guys next week. 
Bye.